Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, this is Misty and this is Lattes and Legends. I am actually pre-recording some shows because I will not be around next weekend, so um, this one is for Sunday, but it's Friday, just FYI. It's Friday night. Um, I have had two vanilla lattes today. My awesome friend, Sydney, brought me one, and then around 2.30, I felt like I needed another one. Stuff to do in my office, so um, to downplay the caffeine, I am now drinking a very tall beer. So happy Friday, indeed. Um, first week of school is in the books. I'm a little tired. That's what next weekend's for to recover. So, just wanted to thank all my listeners. You guys are being amazing lots of new listeners which is always good to hear and read their notes and messages and whatnot um coffee mugs and stickers are on the website probably in a couple weeks i'll update the website i know it's very little right now um but i haven't had a lot of time so there's that um want to say thanks to all the new Twitter followers, Instagram followers, Facebook. You guys are amazing. Lots of shout outs on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks. Lots of people writing in their stories. So I chose one of those tonight actually. Um, email is lattesandlegends at gmail.com The website is lattesandlegendspodcast.com Facebook is Lattes and Legends Podcast. Twitter is Lattes and Legends. Instagram is Lattes and Legends. 
So I've got a couple of stories tonight, so they're both kind of long, so I'm going to just jump right in. So I want to say a quick thank you to Dr. Booker for this story. My sources from the story, um, americashauntedroadtrip.com, denver.cbslocal.com, legendsofamerica.com, onlyinyourstate.com, hauntedrooms.com, coloradoindependent.com. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, if you couldn't tell, doing some more Colorado urban legends, but don't worry. We have other states already researched and planned out for the next episodes. So, the first one is about the hatchet lady of Red Rocks. So Colorado, as many of you know, is home to the Rocky Mountains. There's some awesome hiking and skiing here. Um, and we also have Red Rocks, which is in Morrison, Colorado. It's about a half hour west of Denver. Um, even though I live in Colorado, I still have yet to go to Red Rocks. Don't worry, it's on my bucket list, so nobody panic. Um, the venue is known for just the best of shows. The Beatles play there, The Dead, hundreds of people, famous people. Um, David Byrne was who I wanted to see last, last year or the year before there. The Gorillas played there. All of these shows sell out before I can even get to them, so... I'm not going to say I'm bitter. No, no. But I'm bitter. All right, here we go. The amphitheater did not open um, the way it currently is until July of 1941. But people have been using this area for concerts since the early 1900s. Uh, the beauty of Red Rocks is just fantastic for music lovers. Um, but... There's a spirit, allegedly, in the surrounding area that loves hanging out at Red Rocks. She is named the Hatchet Lady of Red Rocks. She is only one of the ghosts that haunts the park um, and the hiking trails. Her story is very popular, so this is one of the most popular urban legends that surrounds Red Rocks. Um, her apparition is of a headless woman who may have been murdered in the area. Um, she appears to couples who are getting a little too frisky in the shadows. Um, another theory is that she is a ghost of a woman who homesteaded in the area that became Red Rocks, known as Old Mrs. Johnson. She would allegedly pull a coat over her head and swing a hatchet to scare away her daughter's suitors. One of the trails at Red Rocks leads to an old graveyard where many people think she is buried. People have been known to stay in the graveyard at night to try to hear or see her. Other theories involve a homeless woman living in the area in the 1950s or a woman living in a cave which has been fenced off to prevent people from exploring the area. This version of the story says the woman kills children that come too close to the cave and hides their bodies and severed limbs. Ooh, in the surrounding areas. Yikes. Um, supposedly, this ghost of the hatchet woman was really upset um, when the whole 
building of the stage happened and some say that she was trying to interfere with the construction. Um, during the warmer months of summer, you can find people working out at Red Rocks by day and you'll see tailgating by night. If you pay attention, you may also find a ghost of a miner who haunts the backstage area of the stadium. The attire of a second Red Rocks ghost marked him as a specter of an old miner. Many people claim to have seen his apparition, which is clear enough that those who can provide great detail about his appearance. He supposedly stands between 5 feet 5 inches tall, has a long white beard, wears a brown hat, holds a bottle in his hand, and mostly seen in the restricted areas of the stage. sounds interesting. Outside of his appearance and seemingly unpleasant demeanor, not much is known about the ghost or why he haunts the area. His story does seem to lack the color of blood-soaked headless woman wielding a bloody hatchet. There have also been sightings of Native American spirits dressed in traditional ceremonial attire, and some of these sightings report the ghost during ceremonial dances. The Red Rocks Trading Post is a gift shop for tourists exploring the Rocky Mountain. Previous employees have said that the building may also hold a spirit. Um, It was originally called the Indian Trading Post when it opened in 1931. The first caretaker actually was in the basement, but it was later converted into a storage area. Inside, Native American wares that were provided by the Denver Art Museum were sold. The current building still functions as a gift shop with a small coffee cafe inside. The Denver Channel did a two-part story on the building in 2009 after several employees revealed their belief that the building was haunted. The Red Rocks Amphitheater happens to be one of the most popular places in the area, and many people have said they've experienced ghostly activity there. Other people say it's a spiritual feeling when they see a show there, And other people say there's just a certain magic about the place. Hmm. I don't know. Have you guys, uh... Have you been to Red Rocks? Because you know I haven't. Please give me some feedback on what you think about it. I'd really like to hear if you've seen anything haunted. Uh, uh, I know that was short. I thought it was going to be longer. Not so much. I think this one might be a little bit longer. Well, the next urban legend is about the Denver Children's Home. Also, the Denver Children's Hospital. I think it's changed names a few times. Um, so, this is where I'm going to start. I got a lot of information on this, so I'm not going to try to read all of it. Um, so, here we go. The Denver Children's Hospital. Um, it says there's some reported paranormal activity at this hospital on 1010 East 19th Street in Denver. Alright. The beginning of the Children's Hospital can be traced back to Dr. Cecilia Francesca Tucker Love. Let me call her Dr. Love. Dr. Love was born in 1856 and died in 1942. She was born in Wisconsin and obtained her degree from Howard University. 
1897, through the support of the Denver Women's Club, Dr. Love was able to start a tent hospital that would help the children of the poor and indigent. indignant. The majority of supplies were donated through different groups and organizations. The hospital even had all the power and water services donated. The tent hospital served children for over two years before funding and staff were not available any longer. This was possibly due to the Spanish-American War that was a large part of the supply of durable medical goods as well as personnel. The phrase that was used by the tent hospital was, come on in and close your tent flap behind you. <laughs> um, in 1906, Dr. Love was quoted as saying, the cause of sick, crippled children needs no advocate. As soon as sufficient money and furnishings are pledged, a suitable house will be procured and fitted out with all the modern appliances for successful treatment of the acute and chronic diseases of children. So she started to campaign to get the hospital started. Her first two donators gave her $5,000 and $1,000. In 1907, the name of the Children's Hospital was incorporated, and that was followed by the purchase of nine lots of land, and the land cost $1,200. In 1909, the board of the hospital purchased um, a building that was known as the, the Denver Maternity Ward and Women's Hospital. It was purchased for $15,000, and this became a training center for the staff of the Children's Hospital. And after opening the new Children's Hospital, um, the training center eventually closed in 1956. Bum, bum, bum. The Children's Hospital opened in 1910. Alright, so, um, here we go. Sorry guys, there's a lot of information on this. I'm just, hooey. Um, okay, here we go with the stuff. Sorry, I'm trying to get through all of my notes. Ba, 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 ba. All right, the Denver Children's Home still provides many services today, but it has some very dark stories to tell. Um, there was a fire in the hospital that killed several children on the third floor. Today, according to all of those rumors, Several children and their voices can be heard playing in the building. Cries and whimpers can be heard. And there's also um, a female bride spirit that has been seen on the third floor. And she's crossing down to the second floor hallway. Many news outlets have reported on these hauntings. And it is probably said, or it's probably one of Denver's most haunted locations. Um, but it still gives great services to children in need. Oh, I lost my place. Um, what else, what else, what else? So, okay, sorry guys, here we go. The stories of the ghosts at this location go way, way, way back. 
reports of ghostly nurses and children haunt nearly every corner of the buildings. Both current and past stories are passed down from staff members to patients. The most famous of the reported ghosts is that of a nurse who lived in what's called Tamman Hall. The legend is that she was either pushed down the elevator shaft by her fiancé or she was left to die. There's also a variation of the story that construction workers had her killed and buried her at the bottom of the elevator shaft. The story also includes that she was a soon-to-be bride and that after seeing her, people report seeing a wedding dress in one of the old rooms. Uh, Michelle Hoffman, who is a medical researcher at the hospital, reported seeing a, quote, strange woman at the end of the hall of the third floor. She claimed that just as she was noticing the woman, she just disappeared. A worker that was stringing wires to the ceiling reported that when he was on the floor alone, he would witness lights turning on and off, as well as doors that would open and close by themselves. He was convinced that the ghost was that of a nursing student that had died in the building and that she had taken a liking to him. However, he also reported to have refused to work alone because of the happenings. I think I would too, buddy. Um, A security guard that was doing the rounds reported that he just got off the elevator and he saw what he reported as a foggy entity that looked at him and then passed clearly through the wall. Yikes! His story continues and he went to his boss immediately and quit because of that event. There's also a rumor of a nurse that committed suicide in the 1950s in Tamman Hall just after it had opened. The name of the woman is said to be Anita, and they have even named a room after her. There are reports of cold spots in an elevator that moves floor to floor without the help of a person located at the south end of the building on the east side of Tamman Hall. The fifth floor has the story of Shane, the ghost that the staff even said goodbye to in the writings on the wall. The story of Shane is that when children would stay in his room, they would wake up screaming, get him off of me. This event was reported by many different children at different times that had no relation to one another. During the time of the demolition of the hospital, It was guarded by several off-duty police officers. The majority of the officers refused to go into areas that had stories of ghostly activity. One of them was actually quoted as saying, If I see any ghosts up there, I'm leaving. Alright, so... um, Many people have wanted to go into this hospital. Um to see if there was paranormal activity Um, and when it did get demolished and renovated a lot of them said that things were moving Um, they saw a lot of orbs that kind of thing the temperatures would change Um, and many of the um, security officers and police officers gave them their their reports of what they had seen when they were standing guard. 
one of the officers told a co-worker that if he saw a ghost, blood would fly. Some of the other officers talked about how they'd heard different stories about the hospital and they would intentionally avoid specific rooms because of the weird feelings they got from the areas. Another officer related a story of a few weeks prior that was witnessed by all of the guards present. They stated that the entire third floor of Tammen Hall, which is connected to the main hospital building and without power, had lights come on for a very brief period of time. Huh. Um, they had some guests that would visit room 562 and when the paranormal experts were monitoring room 562, they heard banging and footsteps. Ooh, yikes. Um, so room 563 was another room that the team set up cameras and EMF readers um, and they heard sounds coming from room 563 and it sounded like footsteps were coming up and down the main hallways um, apparently toilets had flushed when the water was not connected and a lot of sounds of metal breaking when there was no metal in the building um, doors opening and closing just crazy crazy things um, another report says that on a saturday morning around 2 a.m we heard what sounded like a person loudly walking in the hallway we stood up to investigate the noise. When we went out of the room, we, we saw a silhouette at the end of the hall moving towards the stairwell. Um, and then after that investigation, these paranormal experts talked to the security officers and they said that they had heard that as well. Um, so there's lots of pictures PDF I found um, from the paranormal investigators. Lots of graffiti that was left, handprints. Man, these handprints are creepy. Just all that kind of stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I think, like, I get that hospitals are a very safe place for most of us, but then you get that feeling that. They're also a place of death and dying and things of that nature. Um, not to get all morbid on you or anything. So those are my two stories. I know they're short and sweet. Um, next episode, which I'll probably record tonight, features Charlie, No Face, and Old Green Eye. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Have a great week. And happy Friday, Sunday, whenever you listen to this. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.